Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,197. If you're going to talk about a problem, always have a solution in mind. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from beautiful Wilmington, North Carolina, Jared Holland. Hey, Jared, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Jared Holland is the founder of Publicity Factory, as I said, in Wilmington, North Carolina. He has over 20 years of automotive public relations experience arranging high-profile coverage in a variety of media for his clients. Publicity Factory implements strategic media campaigns and sees them through to completion, working with clients on trade shows, media interviews, news conferences, product and service debuts, and placement. He's worked with a number of industry leaders, including Wide Open Baja, Fix-A-Flat, the Lane Motor Museum, Drive-A-Tank, and many, many others. Jared is a former automotive writer for a regional Southern California lifestyle magazine and, of course, an automotive enthusiast. So, Jared, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Absolutely. Yes. I've always been a car nut since I was a a little kid, as long as I can remember. I worked for a boutique PR agency that some of your listeners may uh, have heard of in the past. It's called JMPR Public Relations, based in Los Angeles. And that's where I got my start out in LA. Uh, I've worked for PR firms in New York and Los Angeles. And then when I moved to North Carolina, almost 15 years ago, I started my own firm and have not looked back. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure and a lot of fun. And, you know, they say when you when you do what you love, it's it doesn't feel like work. And I'm lucky and blessed to to be in that position. There you go. Well, that's what Cars Yeah is all about. People who figured out how to wrap that passion into their businesses and careers, the secret sauce to a happy life. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has been instrumental or important to you in your life and your success. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Jared, take the wheel. Sure. Uh, this is more of a, of a mantra for me. And this, this is something I learned from Joe Molina at JMPR while I was there, a very wise man. He basically told me when I started out in my career right out of college that if you're going to if you're going to talk about a problem, always have a solution in mind. <laughs> yeah, this applies to anything, especially cars. I mean, if you're, if you're running into an issue while you're working on your vehicle, visualize the solution in advance because it'll actually help you get to, well, get to that, you know, solve the problem as quickly as possible and with a lot more ease. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it, this is, it kind of hits me square in the eyes because uh, a business that I ran for 20 plus years uh, before I started my podcast here, uh, many times I would have managers or other people come into my office and say, we've got a problem. And they'd voice the problem, and then they'd stop talking. And I'd look at them and say, well, what would you like me to do about that? And sometimes it was like, they look at me like, what do you mean? I go, well, do you have a solution for me? Or do you have a direction we need to go? And if so, why don't you take it there to empower people to solve their own problems? But um, is, is that anything that you've encountered in the past, or or how do you share this concept with people that might have that different approach to going, well, you're the boss, you should be able to figure it out. Uh, well, it, exactly. Uh, it, 
you know, my employees or I mean, because I, I was guilty of it. And, uh, you know, we all love to complain, but then we don't actually come up with a solution. So, right, right. you know, so now I always say to somebody, uh, whether they're an employee, a friend, whatever, I said, if you're going to come to me with an issue, come to me also with a solution or what you think, you know, the best way of handling it is. Right. You know, and, and if we disagree, that's fine. Um, you know, and then we can come to a, a compromise or a solution we're both happy with. But I think a solution up front is key in life. You know, my dad shared something with me years ago. He said, wherever you work, treat your job and your company like you own it. And yes. a great thing about that concept is, okay, if you own the business and you encountered a problem, and I, I very early in my life changed the word problem to challenge. I just don't think there are any problems. There are only challenges because challenges can be corrected. Problems sometimes can't correct. So it's a mind shift. If you, I think you get what I mean by that. Sure, but, absolutely. But when you're an employee, no matter at what level, you could be sweeping the floors and cleaning the bathrooms in a burger joint. If you treated it like it was your business, what would the boss do? What would the owner do? What would I do if I was the owner? And, and usually you can find an answer to that challenge, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and that kind of mindset helps in that the boss is, if you have a good boss and a generous boss, they're going to be willing to share more of the company with you, um, yeah. you know, in, in whatever form that takes, whether it's stock options, uh, raises, profit sharing, you, you know, you name it. Yeah. And responsibility uh, as far as doing things, because that worked many times for me when I said, well, how would you solve the solution if I wasn't here? And then all of a sudden the person feels empowered. And emboldened and went, oh, you mean I can come up with a solution? Well, of course you can't because sometimes people think they can't or they shouldn't um, or they haven't been taught or they don't have a good leader or a good manager <laughs> helping them. But I like that very, very much. Well, let's talk about you for a second and a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were going to be a car guy? Yeah, one thing actually sticks out in my mind. When I was maybe four or five years old, my father had this big Pontiac Bonneville. It was brand new, and it was a really cool car. I mean, it was sort of during the, the GM malaise era, if you will, but it was still a very nice car. It was silver, and it just it was it was large and in charge. I mean, it was a really neat vehicle. A large and, we were, and in charge. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we were at my uh, at my aunt's house, and my cousin, who was a few years older than me, hit a baseball, and it went in. It, it basically went right into the the right above the grill of the vehicle where where the hood came down and dented the car. And I was so upset over that. I, I remember telling my dad, like, I started crying. I was like, I can't believe he, he messed up the car. And, you know, it, it's ruined. And look at the appearance. It's never going to be the same. You have to go get that fixed immediately. And and my dad was a car guy, too. So that that helped. But I, I think I knew right then and there that I was a, a car guy and that, you know, you don't you don't mess with the family vehicle. No, absolutely. I'm such a car nut, and I uh, remember when my daughter was very young, and she had a friend come over. They were probably five or six, and her friend went running through our garage and put her hand out and kind of ran her hand down along the side of I had a Porsche at the time. Oh, no, no, no. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't – her dad was standing out there in the driveway, and my, my daughter jumped in front of this little girl and said, stop. She goes, don't ever touch my dad's car. You don't even want to know what will happen. And, awesome. <laughs> and and the, the little girl's dad looked at me like, oh, my gosh, you've got her trained. What did you do to her? <laughs> you know? I'm like, well, right on. I that's just great. talked to her. That's all. It's not, I haven't beat her or anything like that, if that's the way you're thinking. But uh, 
I thought it was funny. So I thought, well, I guess I've, I've done my job. Yeah, don't mess with dad's car. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of the many roads you traveled down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you face. Being an entrepreneur is fraught with ups and downs, no doubt. Whatever you want to talk about here, the more important thing besides sharing that experience or situation is what it taught you. So uh, you take the wheel here. When I moved to North Carolina, uh, Wilmington's kind of a small town, and I was I was looking for uh, public relations work at the time, and there just wasn't any. So I kind of didn't have a choice. It was either go into sales or start my own business. Mm-hmm. And I had gone to college for public relations. I had worked in PR for some years. And when I moved here, I didn't want to give that up. So starting my own business was a huge challenge. There is so much you have to learn, especially, uh, I mean, first off, you have to go out and prospect for new clients. I'd never done that before. So that was a little, it was scary. It was daunting. Uh, And then you have to, you know, taxes and starting an LLC and all that good stuff. I mean, it just, um, it was, it was very overwhelming. I was, I was young. I was 30 years old. Um, and it, it was, uh, it definitely challenged, but you know what? I had mentors. Great, uh, great. I had two mentors who were extremely, extremely helpful. Again, one of them was Joe Molina at JNPR. And then I had a former public relations professor who also owned her, her own PR firm. And she and I actually have the same start date on our business, which is August 1st. So every year we tell each other happy anniversary. Nice. Yeah. She was a huge help to me as well. Um, her name is, is uh, Laurie Shenna. Um, and, nice. and I owe her. I, we stay in touch to this day. Mentors uh, are invaluable. But yeah, starting the business and I had just moved here, didn't have a job. I needed to buy a house. Uh, it, it was it was all very scary, but um, it turned out pretty good, I would say. I haven't looked back and, and love what I do. Well, congratulations. You know, the, the key golden nugget you dropped there is, is mentors and not being afraid to reach out to people. You may get a few people that kind of brush you aside or or don't respond in the way you want. But for the most part, I found that business people are willing to help young people or even old people, whatever they might be, if they're starting a business, they are willing to help and and give you some guidance. I just got a call last night from a guy who's starting his own firm. And he said, hey, do you know anybody who could help me with my logo? He goes, I've been working on some things. And I said, well, just so happens that I spent 11 years as a creative at an ad agency. I've designed a fair, fair number of logos. Let's see what you got. And we ended up spending about an hour and a half together on Skype, looking at his designs, giving us some ideas, and we narrowed it down and got him to a place where I think he was happy. But, you know, it felt really good for me to help him. And, you know, I said, hey, you just had to ask. And uh, he goes, well, sometimes you don't even know who to ask. I said, well, right. you, did the, you did the right thing. You called me. And if I didn't know, I could maybe steer you the right way. But, uh, yeah, mentors, very important. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's the time when those headlights kind of illuminate a new path for you, a new road to drive down. What was one of yours that led to some success? Well, I, I had done a number of internships when I was in college and found that most of them were just not for me. One of them was at CBS television. And I thought, well, hey, this is going to be fun because I love to watch TV. But man, was it god awful boring. Um, it, was, <laughs> it, it, it was so tedious what goes into producing a television show yeah. that it, t- it really kind of just sucked all the joy out of it. So my final internship was at JMPR Public Relations, which is, you know, mostly an automotive uh, PR boutique agency. Right. And 
that for me was, this is exactly what I want to be doing. Um, and I was fortunate in that I was hired straight out of college. So I went from intern to a junior account executive. And that was my aha moment. It was being around the people who had the passion, the same passion as I do. Uh, going to all the automotive events was fantastic. Getting to drive some really cool cars and sort of meeting my heroes, you know, within the industry. That was my aha moment. And, and I was very fortunate that, uh, you know, I was taken under uh, the wing of, of the higher ups there at JMPR, and they really kind of taught me the business. Well, it's cool that you discovered that at an earlier age as well. And you know, you've mentioned JMPR. Shout out to those guys, because I work with a lot of their PR people, and they bring me a lot of uh, great guests to be on the show. Uh, uh, Jeff Proman's the one who connected me with you, so a shout out to him. But uh, yeah, great company, great people. All the people I've dealt with there have been very professional, uh, very helpful and so forth. So that's fantastic. Well, let's talk about your first really special car, vehicle, bike, whatever that might be, and maybe a, a memory you have of that car. Uh, well, it, this car would not be special to other people, but it was for me because it was the first car I bought with my own money. I was nice. 19 years old, and it was a 1980 Oldsmobile Cutlass LS. Um, cool, cruiser. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, I mean, the car really was a piece of junk, but I loved it. I bought, <laughs> but it I was it for, yours. <laughs> it was mine. I bought it for eight hundred dollars. It looked wow. like an it looked like an undercover cop car. It, it, no, it really did. In fact, um, well, I, I'll tell you a funny story. I, I had one of those high powered spotlights in the car. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and really, I mean, that, that I didn't have the spotlight for any other reason other than because the headlights on the car were so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I lived in a town that kind of had dim streetlights, so it, it, it helped me see. Oh, gosh. Um, but uh, people would actually, like, pull over thinking I was a cop in that car. And let um, you go by. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. And uh, I'll never forget one time my, my friend and I drove down to the, the Jersey Shore. I grew up in New Jersey in that car. And that car consumed oil. I mean, I probably added a quart a week to that thing. And the oil light came on on the way home. I pulled up into a gas station to fill it up, and I dumped the oil right on the exhaust manifold, and an engine fire started. Oh, uh, no. Well, I so I ran around the corner, and someone had a um, one of those things you water plants with, a, and it was full of water. So I dumped it on the oil fire, which you're not supposed to yeah, do. I was going to say, I don't think that works too well, does it? Well, it did, though. It doused the fire. Oh, and good. I, I looked inside my engine bay. There was all sorts of burned wires and vacuum hoses. And so I said, well, this thing's never going to start. But it did. And it actually ran like a, like a, an <laughs> earthquake cleaned, sound. You cleaned uh, it up. <laughs> uh, well, no, it ran pretty horrible. Oh. But uh, I ended up selling that car to, to a junkyard for $100 uh, about a year after I bought it. Because, well, when you're 18, you just trash your cars. Yeah. Um, but that, that was... Uh, if I could get that car back and restore it, I think it would be kind of fun. Well, very unique, different car. I love the spotlight thing. You'll like this story. When I was dating my wife, she had a uh, a cool little Toyota, and it caught on fire one day. She was driving over from college, and she pulled over, and this man pulled over to help her. She didn't have a fire extinguisher. That's a little tip for today. Carry a fire extinguisher in every car you have. Uh, I do, and I've used it many times. Not for my own cars, but to help other people. And in Southern California, on along the freeways, they put a lot of the, what they call pickleweed. It's this uh, ground cover that is actually like a succulent. If you snap it open, it's almost like an aloe vera plant, but it's got a lot of moisture in it. Just to stop fires from happening from people throwing cigarettes out the window. So this guy started ripping up pickleweed and throwing it in her engine. And that's what smothered the fire. 
Really? She, yeah. And uh, so she put the, you know, pulled some of it out, started it up. The car started up and he goes, well, I think you're okay. And she drove it over to my place and she goes, my car caught on fire. And I go, well, let's take a look. I open the hood. <laughs> it's full of pickle weed. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? No wonder it caught on fire. You're trying to grow a garden in here or something? She goes, no. She told me the story. So, yeah, if you're in California, Southern California in particular, pickleweed will put out a fire. Another great tip for the day, but fire extinguisher not, works better. Did not know that. But, yeah, fire extinguisher is definitely a good <laughs> idea. I, I certainly learned my lesson. Yeah, well, basically smother. That's what you want to do. How about seller's remorse? It sounds like that car was not your seller's remorse story. Maybe it is, but is there a car you've let go that you wish you had back? I was glad to get rid of that mess. Actually, yeah, there there is a car I wish I, I could get back. It was it's a 1987 Nissan Stanza GXE, and it was oh, my stepfather's yeah. car. And it's the car that I learned to drive in. And my stepfather passed away ten years ago. And this mm. particular Stanza was I, I'm not sure why it was so different than all the other ones. Uh, it had white painted wheels with a white body, and, I, and I'd never seen another car that had color matched wheels like that before. Yeah. Um, particularly. I should say another stanza that had color match wheels like that before. So really just for sentimental reasons, I'd love to, I wish I could get that car back and, and restore that one as well. And, you know, return it to its, its former glory. <laughs> it, it, it was a neat car. That car actually had two spark plugs per cylinder. So it was just a four cylinder with eight spark plugs and it, it ran great. It was, it was a great running little car. And I, I, I wish I could get that car back. Yeah. Kind of a unique car. Well, it's, I don't know if I'd call it sporty. But uh, it wasn't. It yeah. was not. <laughs> it had 97 horsepower, but it, it it still was a nice little car to drive, and just just the you know the association with my stepdad. I, if I could if I could get it back and you know in his honor return it back to its original condition, that would be fun a fun thing to do. Good memories. That's a lot of what cars are all about. Well, I'd love for you to share what has you excited and fired up these days with Publicity Factory, your business. Tell our listeners a little bit more about all the different services and things that you can provide people and uh, perhaps what you're looking forward to here in the new year. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of what we do is media relations. So, you know, if you have a story to tell, or even if, you know, even if you're not sure if you have a story to tell, there always is a story to tell, and, and we can find that for you. But the uh, something that very exciting that we're working on right now is we're doing a lot of work with Hennessy Performance. Um, oh, nice. And, and Hennessy uh, Special Vehicles and their Venom F5, and they're going to be starting to test that vehicle next year. Uh, and it's supposed to break the the 300 mile an hour barrier, so wow. we're 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 hoping we can be the first to do it. And uh, it, it's it's truly an exciting vehicle and an exciting project to work on. Very cool, very cool. Now, are there other things that you do for your clients that help gain them exposure? Sure, sure. So we we you know we do uh, a lot in terms of social media, um, you know, and and we come up with campaigns to engage audiences there, uh, and and to you know try to be as interactive as possible through social media channels. And of course, a lot of what we do too is, uh, comes down to writing. You know, we, we put together press kits, press releases, backgrounders, uh, Q and A's, FAQs, you name it. And, and uh, so, you know, our, our job is to tell our clients stories. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, uh, especially on the writing side. And, you know, in terms of pitching, uh, we do it all day long. We get the stories out there for them. Well, I like the name of your, your company, Publicity Factory, because it sounds like you're pumping out a lot of information. Factories pump out things, widgets, whatever. You're pumping out information and help for your uh, clients there. So uh, that's a cool name. Works really well for what you do. I like it. Our mantra is we produce. We, there you go. Perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that mantra as well. 
Well, Jared, uh, here's a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in a garage, I get straight here, Mark. Oh, it's a new year. I'm just, I'm getting rolling here. Uh, what would you be and why? Uh, I'm going to give you kind of a, maybe a, a different answer on this one. Um, I would be a Honda Civic Si. Okay. Uh, they're quick, but not too fast. They're reliable and fun, and they don't cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like so it. They tend to last a long time and can be a lot of fun to drive. But, you know, the reliability is, uh, I, I like to think that I'm a reliable person. Uh, as, as long as I'm around, I, I try to be there for my clients and, you know, friends and family. Absolutely. Like the Energizer battery. You just keep going and going and going and going. So uh, very nice. Well, Jared, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, though, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yow sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Jared, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't let it sit in the garage. I don't care what it is. Drive it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Not good for cars. I bought a couple of collector cars in the past that have very low miles, which on the outset is a cool thing, but inevitably they need a whole bunch of work to make them roadworthy again. Uh, seals have dried up, brakes are no good. I mean, hoses have to be replaced. Yeah, get out and drive your car a little bit every day. It's, it's fun too. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? Yes. Um, leave the stress at the office. Even if you're a sole practitioner, go rent a cheap office somewhere uh, even if it's like a sublet type situation, and keep it separate from the home. Uh, you leave leave work at work. You know, you and I talked about this in our pre-show chat because I work from home, and one of the things that I told uh, Jared was, I feel like I can't walk by my desk without I need to work some more. While I'm already putting in twelve hours a day, most you know, almost seven days a week, I just well, it's there. I I need to do it. Sit down. It's very hard to, to separate that, and it's not so healthy either. You know, you need to take those breaks and get away. So uh, I think your advice is very well heard. Though, I don't know, I I like working from home and not having to commute. I commuted my whole life. So 
Yeah, just think of all the time I lost sitting in a car waiting in traffic. But uh, yeah, I need to remember the Jared rule. Maybe I should just put a door in and every once in a while just shut it and say, no. There, there you go. And you can put a time lock on it that you don't have oh, the yeah. code to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man, I'd probably take an axe and break it down. But I, I'll try to practice that in the new year. Get away from the desk a little bit more often. Absolutely. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Anything from Ezra Dyer. Uh, I'm sure you know who he is. He's an automotive editor at Popular Mechanics and works yeah. for Hearst. Uh, I think that his his articles and his take on auto, the automotive industry are are not only fun, but very informative and very well written. Nice. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It> sure would. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, and of course, his his cohorts from the Grand Tour, but he's a very interesting and funny, witty, smart guy. Uh, of course, he's controversial too, which would which would add to the fun. Yeah, absolutely, love to get him on this show, but he's got a big wall around him. I'm trying. Yeah. Maybe one of these days, somebody out there who will know him well enough to uh, connect us. That would be very very nice. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners should crack open and read as well? Well, I, I kind of have two here. I hope you don't mind because no one problem. of them's not really a book. It's they're the Haynes manuals. Oh um, yes, <laughs> yeah. Read, read them, know them, but especially for your car. But the one book that I, I think is a lot of fun to read. It's called One Hundred Things for Every Gearhead to Do Before They Die, and it's by Jason Fulgerson. He's a contributor, contributing automotive writer for Forbes, and a really good guy. And I think his book is just a, a very interesting and fun read. Very nice. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources Jared has helped us with today on his very own show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Jared. That's J-A-R-R-O-D. Holland, and his page will pop right up. There's another great place on the site called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and recommendations from all my inspiring automotive enthusiasts are listed there. There's, gosh, way over 12, 1,300 books listed there. I made it really easy for you to just click on them and buy them as well. Wonderful library resources for us enthusiasts. All right, Jared, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. Doesn't matter who owns it, where it is. I'm going to get it for you and park it in your garage. But there's a couple rules to this game. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You have to drive it. No garage queens here at Cars Yeah. And it's the only collector car you can have. So choose wisely. The 1950 Mercury that was in the movie Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. Wow. Well, that's that's kind of a first. What is it? About? That's, I don't think. I don't think anybody's mentioned that car at all, which I'm, I get some repeat requests on some, you know, for our GTs and GTOs and things like that. But uh, 1950 Mercury, uh, yeah, yep. that was kind of a wild car. I have a tattoo of it on my shoulder or of, of a 1950 Mercury on my shoulder. Uh, that car, I was 12 years old when I saw that movie and I fell in love with that car the first time I saw it and have loved it ever since. Now, what do you know about that car? Uh, that particular one? Yeah. Other than the fact that they destroyed it, um, <laughs> <laughs> the the chop top on that car, the way the way the stance on that car is, it looks like they probably lowered it a few inches. The the saucer wheels uh, or wheel covers they put on that car, I mean, just everything about it is is amazing. I don't know what what's under the hood of that car. Uh, obviously, it was highly modified based on just the sound uh, and the way it performed in the movie. But um, yeah, that that car would be if I could have that car before they wrecked it. Obviously, uh, in my garage, I would cherish it every day. 
That thing looks like a monster about to eat you. And if I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably have some listeners that are going to correct me on this, but I believe it was called the Cobra Mercury. And maybe that's because it had a Cobra engine in it. I'm not sure. I wouldn't, I'm going to need to do a little research on that, but that's what they called that car. I know because I've heard that car called that over and over. And there's people that have been, you know, made remakes of that car and rebuilds of that car and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty cool. It's, it's, uh, kind of takes you back to that car you had in high school. Kind of looks like a stealthy police car. I think it even had those, uh, spotlights on it. Uh, if yes, I'm not, it did. yeah. So, okay. Yep. There's some of your youth coming back there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nice. Very nicely done. Well, very unique answer to that question. Jared, you've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you uh, drive off in the sunset and hopefully don't crash that 1950 Mercury Cobra? <laughs> I, I have to say, and this is something I need to do as well, is I, I, maybe my last parting thought here would be don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, we take ourselves way too seriously. You know, first and foremost, the automotive industry should be fun. That's why we got into it. You know, and let's try to remember the fun part of it. Absolutely. Well, this being the new year, that's a nice New Year's resolution. Don't sweat the small stuff. Remember to have fun. You can still be serious and do a great job, but uh, lighten up on yourself a little bit this year. Uh, Enjoy yourself. Have fun. Life is short, um, so get out there and enjoy. And if you need some help in the automotive world, Jared is the guy to contact. And how people contact you is what is the best way. Phone. I, I'm happy to provide a phone number. I love talking live uh, versus email. So my phone number is 910-431-3322. There you go. And do you have a website? Yes, publicityfactory.net. And my contact info is on there as well. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, I'll make sure I put all those contacts on Jared's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just type Jared, J-A-R-R-O-D, into the search bar and that page will pop right up. Hey, Jared, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Again, a shout out to Jeff Perlman for connecting us, another great guy in the PR world. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.